Hey there, this is Rachel with A Cup of Fiction, short stories for your coffee break. Today I'm reading a short story by Alice Ruth Moore from the book Violets and Other Tales. At the beginning of the book, she includes an introduction, and I wanted to read just a little part of that before we start our short story. Many of these sketches and verses have appeared in print before, in newspapers and a magazine or two. Many are seeing the light of day for the first time. If perchance this collection of idle thoughts may serve to while away an hour or two, or lift for a brief space the load of care from someone's mind, their purpose has been served. The author is satisfied. 10 Minutes Musing by Alice Ruth Moore There was a terrible noise in the schoolyard at intermission. Peeping out the windows, the boys could be seen huddled in an immense bunch in the middle of the yard. It looked like a fight, a mob, a, a knockdown, anything. So we rushed out the door hastily, fearfully, ready to scold, punish, console, frown, bind up broken heads or drag wounded forms from the melee, as the case might be. Nearly every boy in the school was in that seething, swarming mass, and those who weren't were standing around on the edges, screaming and throwing up their hats in hilarious excitement. It was a mob, a fearful mob, but a mob apparently with a vigorous and well-defined purpose. It was a mob that screamed and howled and kicked and yelled and shouted and perspired and squirmed and wriggled and pushed and threatened and poured itself all seemingly upon some central object. It was a mob that had an aim that was determined to accomplish that aim, even though the whole azure expanse of sky fell upon them. It was a mob with set muscles, straining like whip cords, eyes on that central object, and with heads inward and sturdy legs outward, like prairie horses reversed in a battle. The cheerers and hat throwers on the outside were mirthful, but the mob was not. It howled. It struggled for mastery. Some fell and were trampled over, some weaker ones were even tossed in the air, but the mob never deigned to trouble itself about such trivialities. It was an interesting, nervous whole with diverse parts of separate vitality. In alarm, I looked about for the principal. He was standing at a safe distance with his hands in his pockets, watching the seething mass with a broad smile. At sight of my perplexed expression, someone was about to venture an explanation when there was a wild yell, a sudden disintegration of the mass, a mighty rush, and clutch at a dark object bobbing in the air. And the mist cleared from my intellect as I realized it all. Football. Did you ever stop to see the analogy between a game of football and the interesting little game called life which we play every day? There is one, far-fetched as it may seem, though, for that matter, life's game, being one of desperate chances and strategic moves, is analogous to anything. But, if we could get out of ourselves and soar above the world, far enough to view the mass beneath in its daily struggles, and near enough the hearts of the people to feel the throbs beneath their boldly carried exteriors, the whole would seem not but such a maddening rush and senseless-looking crushing. 
We are but children of a larger growth after all, and our ceaseless pursuing after the baubles of this earth are but the struggles for precedence in the business playground. The football is money. See how the mass rushes after it? Everyone so intent upon his pursuit until all else dwindles into a ridiculous non-entity. The weaker ones go down in the mad pursuit and are unmercifully trampled upon. But no matter, what is the difference if the foremost win the coveted prize and carry it off? See the big boy in front? He with iron grip and determined compressed lips? That boy is a type of the big merciless man. His face is set towards the ball, and even though he may crush a dozen small boys, he'll make his way through the mob and come out triumphant. And he'll be the victor longer than anyone else, in spite of the envy and fighting and pushing about him. To an observer, alike unintelligent about the rules of a football game, and the conditions which govern the barter and exchange and fluctuations of the world's money market, there is as much difference between the sight of a mass of boys on a playground losing their equilibrium over a spheroid of rubber and a mass of men losing their coolness and temper and mental and nervous balance on change as there is between a pine sapling and a mighty forest king. Merely a difference of age. The mighty, seething, intensely concentrated mass in its emphatic tendency to one point is the same, in the utter disregard of mental and physical welfare. The momentary triumphs of transitory possessions impress a casual looker-on with the same fearful idea, that the human race, after all, is savage to the core and cultivates its savagery in an inflated happiness at own nearness to perfection. But the bell clangs sharply, the overheated, nervous, tingling boys fall into line, and the sudden transition from massing disorder to military precision cuts short the ten minutes' musing. The End as your cup empties and the final words of our story linger in the air, we hope you have enjoyed this brief escape into the world of classic tales. Join us again on the next episode of A Cup of Fiction. If you enjoyed what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you really loved the episode, consider buying the narrator a coffee on our Patreon page. Until next time, may your moments be filled with the inspiration of the joy of a good story.